If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air Shabbat to all of you. Hard to believe that it's Friday again. I mean, during this time, well, the best of times, uh, days run by. But during this time, it runs by so very quickly. Can't distinguish between one day and the other. By many people, it's all the same. We wake up, go through the day, we don't leave the house, we do whatever we do within the house, and suddenly it's Friday. And this is why, strangely enough, it's so important to daven every day. Because when you open your sitter, you will know, and I'm sure that you do know, that in actual fact, each and every single day has its own particular passage from Tehillim that we say during the Hayom Yom, this is the day, this is the day, it's Monday, the first day, the second day, the third day, because as mature people, one of the most important things that we have to learn in life is the ability to distinguish between one thing and the other. Now, while, of course, it's sometimes very difficult to distinguish between things that look so similar one to the other, but in actual fact, with knowledge and with analysis, you begin to recognize and see not only what is similar between things, but what in actual fact is different one from the other, because this gives it purpose, this gives it character, this gives it a sense of individual purpose. And as we see among people as well, we've spoken about it so many times, you look at a crowd of people and you see hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of faces, but in actual fact, every human being there has an individual purpose, an individual look on their face, an individual way of thinking, of feeling, of relating. And this is why, even though we're surprised that it's Friday again, we have to learn to distinguish between one day and the next, to recognize and to know that each and every single day has its particular character, and how much more so during this time of the year when we count the Omer. Every single day we count another day, and every single day we consider the particular character of this day, because after all, they are made up of seven times seven particular identifying dimensions that we have to understand and know, because everything in life not only human beings, not only the differences between the animal world and the vegetable world and the mineral world and the human world, but each and every single element within those dimensions are unique and different. And this applies to time and space as well. One particular space is altogether different. It might look the same. Even if you look into your garden, look at a field and it all looks the same. Every single centimeter of land, every single centimeter of ground has its unique character. Now, while, of course, these things are way beyond the ability of most of us to analyze and to understand, nonetheless, it is there. Similarly with time, each and every single day, each and every single moment, each and every single split second has its own character, its own purpose. And while, of course, we deal in time packages that we can relate to, a second, a minute, an hour, a day, nonetheless, each and every single particle of time, space, all of creation, has its particular character, has its particular identity, and has its particular purpose as well. And this is why each and every single week, 
we have a different parsha, because each and every single parsha talks to the events of that week. And while, of course, we learned the same parsha last year this time, nonetheless, that was within that time frame, and the parsha was speaking to that particular situation. But Torah is infinite. Torah is beyond the time and space. And therefore, Torah has a particular message for each and every single week, each and every single moment, each and every single day. This is something which is so very important for us to understand. How Torah talks to us in a particular way. While, of course, Torah talks to all of us equally. We open the Chumash, we open the Torah, we hear the reading, we study it on our own. The same words, but each and every single message has a particular, a particular idea that has to fit into my life, into your life. It has to fit into our lives, not only generally as a people, but individually. And we have to listen carefully, and this is why we study. We not only study to know we study to understand the purpose of life. And this is why as we study, not only do we have to take the information into our hearts and minds, we have to ask ourselves what particular message is being told to me, specifically in my own personal situation. I who have these dimensions of life, I who have these talents and qualities, I who have these problems, I going through a particular situation of challenge, what is Torah telling to me? And this is why when we come to a situation which is global, the whole world is being challenged by a similar thing. This pandemic that we are going through right now is not something which is isolated or in one particular place. It affects the entire world. And this is why at this time we have to understand what is Torah telling me? And it's important for us to understand as well, because sometimes we can't understand how, in fact, the entire world is united. Tragically, through this negative thing, we understand there is something that touches all of us at the very same time. And it has tremendous power. We see the negative power. It also has positive power. And we have to ask Torah, what in this week's Parsha, what that is unique to this particular time, this particular Parsha in this particular year, this particular week in 2020, what is Torah telling us? And this is why when we look at the Parsha and we study the Parsha, it has to be done with so much more attention. It has to be done with so much more clarity. It has to be done with so much more authenticity and honesty, the ability to pinpoint certain ideas and to say, this is talking to me, this is telling me something, how to live here and now in a positive and developing sort of way. And this is why the week's Parsha, it's a double Parsha. We have two Parshiot. We have Achremot, after the death of the two sons of Aaron, and Kedoshim, you shall be holy. And we have this combination of two parshiot that talks to us, and it's within these two parshiot, generally and specifically, that we have to understand what, in fact, is being told to us here and now. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. 
And when these two parashiyot, Acharimot and Kedoshim, come together, we have to obviously take a look and ask the question. Acharimot means after the death. Kedoshim means you shall be holy. What is the connection between these two parashiyot? How come these are connected? And what does it mean for me? Achrimot, after the death, the death of whom? The two sons of Aaron, who walked into the holy area of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle, when they were not permitted to do so. And in a moment of great spiritual ecstasy, they expired. Their souls left the body. They were so taken by the intensity of this holiness that they simply couldn't contain the force of life within the physical limited dimensions of their lives. And Achremot, this was considered a sin by God, because God said you must not enter into a spiritual dimension that will in actual fact take you away from dealing with the physical world in a proper manner. Yes, of course, to have those feelings, to have those desires is something which is very good, even to strive for them. But in actual fact, you have to bring it down into a reality, into a practicality. You have to bring it down into the physical world. And this is why they were punished. Punished, well, not really punished, but their souls and bodies separated, their souls returned on high, their physical, lifeless bodies remained below. And then the next part is Kedoshim. You shall be holy. Now, when we think about holiness, what do we think about? We think about intense spirituality, holy. And not only that, but the parsha says, the Pesach says, God is telling the Jewish people, Moshe is telling the Jewish people, this is what God says, Kedoshim Tihu, you shall be holy, because God said, for I am holy. Now stop for a moment and consider the holiness of God himself. What could be more holy? The ultimate spiritual dimension. We just finished the parasha of Achremot when we are told that this type of intensity that takes you into a spiritual dimension, into a spiritual domain that interferes with the physical existence of life, don't do that because you have to bring it down to a practicality. And a parasha later, we're talking about Kedoshim Tihu, you shall be holy and emulate the holiness of God himself. Isn't that a contradiction? And the answer is, of course, it's not a contradiction because in those very words where God says, be holy for I am holy, we have to understand what is the holiness of God. And we step back and we ask ourselves a very simple question. What kind of world did God create? Did God create a world of pure spirituality? Yes, those worlds exist on higher spiritual levels. But the world that we are in, the world that we are confronting, the world that we are relating to, what kind of world is that? It's a physical world. And not only a physical world, but it's called olam, because the word olam comes from the root word of helam, hiddenness. God created a physical world where his presence is there constantly, but in an invisible sort of way, in a hidden sort of way. And God creates a man, a human, and puts him into that physical world. And God gives this human being two souls. A nefesh bahamit, an animal soul. A nefesh lakit, a godly soul. And he says to the human, he says to man, Listen, I have given you two souls. I have put you into a physical world. And I have a job for you. 
And that job is to intensify this physical world with spirituality, to lift the veil of hiddenness and reveal the presence of God. But the way you do that is not by escaping the world, but by dealing directly with the world. Because the purpose of giving us two souls is not so that man should have free choice, that he is able to choose spirituality on the right or the physical dimension on the left. That's not the only purpose. The purpose is because when man understands his ongoing battle and conflict between the higher and lower dimensions of life, of creation, he is able to fully understand his duty, his responsibility, his mission upon earth. Because it's not only escaping the world into a spiritual dimension, and it's certainly not lowering yourself to wallow in a hedonistic lifestyle. It is a combination of both elements, reaching for the high, transforming the low, recognizing the spiritual, dealing within the physical, knowing what in fact is the ultimate goal, and realizing that the journey is through the physical world in which we live. And this is why God says, be holy, as I am holy, because this is what I created. I created both souls, the animal and the godly soul. I created a physical world where you're able to reach the spiritual dimensions. I have created a world of incredible combination. And you, human, you, man, you have the strength, you have the ability, you have the wisdom, ultimately. What you need is the courage to bring the two together in a balanced sort of way. Now, when I say in a balanced sort of way, it doesn't mean finding some middle point where you sit comfortably and don't do anything more. You see this on the right, the spiritual dimension, you know that it's there. You see the physical on the left, you know that it's there. And somehow you find a comfortable place in the middle where you feel balanced. That's not what it's all about. That in actual fact is negative. Because once you sit in the middle somewhere in a balanced sort of way, you never grow, you never develop, you never move away from the base that you're at to a higher level. Picture this for a moment. Picture a triangle. A triangle that is wide at the base, very wide at the base, and both sides reach to an apex, reach to a point high up. Now, the two sides, the two Angles at the bottom where the sides touch the base will call one the spiritual and will call one the physical. The apex, the highest point, will call that perfection. Now, as you grow and develop for perfection, as you try to go higher and higher and reach that point on top, the point of perfection, what happens in the process? What happens in the process is that you narrow, you bring together both extremes closer and closer. While you are sitting at the base, spirituality on the right, the physical on the left, far apart. But as you go higher and higher, what happens in a triangle? Not only are you reaching the apex, but the sides start to move closer and closer. You bring together the spiritual and the physical in a perfect union ultimately. But as you grow, you bring them closer and closer. You begin to understand the purpose of the spiritual. You begin to understand the purpose of the physical. 
You begin to understand how they interact. You begin to understand within yourself that God created both. You begin to understand more and more that God didn't create this physical world to be limited by the physical world. God created this physical world because he allows us to participate in perfecting that physical world. And how do we perfect that physical world? We take a look at the rest of the Parsha. How to behave. How to behave as a human being. How to behave, well, as a mensch. Now, the word mensch is so popular with us, but it's also one of the most misused terms that we have. Oh, this guy is a mensch. This guy is a mensch. You know what? Want to know what a mensch really is? A mensch is a purpose, a a person who strives for perfection, always bringing together the spiritual and physical more and more through the observance of mitzvot. Now, you take a look at the mitzvot that are contained in the second parsha, the parsha of Kedoshim. We talk about how does it begin? It begins by saying that you have to honor your parents. You have to respect your parents. That's all. Is that what it's all about? Something so simple that every human being understands, hopefully every human being understands the incredible honor and respect you have to have for your parents. But then it says something else. And my Sabbath, my Shabbos, you shall observe. And our commentaries point out something very interesting over here. What happens if your parents actually train you or tell you or instruct you to desecrate the Shabbos? And it's not important. Must you listen to them? Does honor and respect mean that I have to listen to my parents, whatever they say? Well, in most cases, absolutely, what your parents tell you to do, you should listen to them. But at the same time, if they tell you to dismiss and disregard the law of God, the law of God takes precedence. And as a person is told by God to be holy, at the very same time, he introduces a moral conflict within the individual. What do I do? How do I? And the answer is fully recognize the absoluteness of respecting and honoring your parents. But at the same time, they too are obligated to respect and honor something higher that you're bound by. And that is the law of God. And this is often the conflict of life. The conflict of life is that we live in a particular set of circumstances and we say to ourselves, how could I possibly rebel against those circumstances? Those are the social norms of the world in which I live in. Those are the mores that define the structure of the society. But if those so-called normals, mores, modes of behavior, attitudes, are in conflict with the law of God, then you always have to remember that perhaps society is doing something wrong. And this is where courage and wisdom comes in. You dare not rebel against anything and everything. You have to understand there are certain values that are universal and powerful and necessary and correct. But at the same time, you cannot forget that there is the law of God as well. And this is the battle of life. Trying to introduce that which is absolutely correct into every single situation of life. It's not sitting somewhere in the middle and having the so-called balance. What it is is the recognition of a great, beautiful, duty-bound, beneficial journey of life. Every single day, every single moment, every single situation gives us reason to consider the conflict, to consider this tension between the spiritual and the physical. 
between the instruction of parents and the love of parents and the honor of parents, which is natural, and the law of God, which sometimes doesn't fit into what is my norm. And to recognize, how do I reconcile these two different energies, these two different pressures of life? This is what growth is all about. This is what the human condition is all about. We don't settle into what is sometimes called a groove, and we simply sail along. That's not what it's all about. What it's all about is the recognition of tensions, the ability to deal with them, to recognize that life is challenging, that life has moments of, well, ecstatic joy and spirituality, has moments of incredible physical difficulty. And it's not always the combination of these two extremes. It sometimes moves to the right, sometimes moves to the left. Sometimes it's a bit easier toward the middle. But every day we grow and reach for that apex. We reach for that top point, narrowing these two extremes and becoming mature, more responsible, more human, more holy in the process. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about bringing together the extremes. But before we continue, let's take a look again at the name of the first parsha. The name of the first parsha is Achare, after. Well, we talk about the historical event that happened. We're talking about a particular type of human desire and search for spirituality that the concerns all of us, but the word achre means after. And after is a word that brings together all sorts of images, ideas, and thoughts. After what? Achre, after what? And after means the time beyond now. You know, basically, time is divided into three areas, the past, the present, and the future. The past plays a huge role. The present, of course, is where we function. And then there is the future. And while, of course, the instant future is always there, but there is a future beyond. And the future beyond is not the end of life and not the end of physical life. But when we talk about beyond, it refers to the consequences, the end result of that which we do. To consider what, in fact, will happen if I follow this particular course of action. Now, most of us stop from time to time to think about that, but not enough. Most of us, well, just go through life, continue doing what we do. But there has to be moments in life when we stop and we consider and honestly analyze, honestly consider what in fact will be the result of this particular type of action. If I behave in, well, in X, Y, or Y, Y, what will be the end result? If I do stupid things, if I do silly things, if I eat unhealthy food, if I, well, or if I do other things, what will be the end result, the consequences of my behavior? And this is something which is important to understand in the pursuit of becoming holy, which means a reconciliation of the extremes of life. We have to at all times consider how do I actually get to that apex. And yes, of course, as I mentioned before, we follow the specific instructions of Torah mitzvahs, God's commandments to each and every one of us, but it also means from time to time to consider the after. What an actual fact is going to happen as a result of my behavior. Now, so many people have said so many things about the current situation that we're in. 
lockdown throughout the world. I speak to colleagues overseas. I speak to colleagues around the world. And I ask them, how is lockdown going? Some are more restrictive. Some are less restrictive. Basically, most people are in a situation of lockdown. Many people don't leave their homes at all. Some people just go out a bit to do some shopping or to visit a medical practitioner. And some people go out for a short stroll based upon the particular laws and restrictions imposed by government in different countries. But essentially, almost everyone is in lockdown. And what does lockdown actually mean? Lockdown means you have to stay inside. Because, you know, in life, perhaps we have spent too much time on the outside. Now, we have to think to ourselves, what is the outside of life? Is it the gym? Is it shopping? Is it work? Is it hanging out? What is the outside of life? And sometimes we're so caught up in the outside of life that we forget to actually analyze the consequence of our behavior because we haven't spent enough time in the inside of life. And therefore, this is a time when we have the opportunity, the huge opportunity, of actually considering the inside of life. Yes, we have all sorts of technological means to connect throughout the world. We want to read, we want to be more educated, we want to be entertained. We have everything today. We look at our screens and the whole world is there. But at the same time, there is a constant reminder that we are on the inside. And it's not only a limitation of social interaction. It's a time to consider what the outside is and how worthwhile those outside activities are, whatever those activities might be. Some of them might be very worthwhile. And what is the inside of life? What is something that I have to look for within myself so that I can map and plan my continuing, responsible, joyous journey of life? And this is why this is such an important time for us. May God help that this pandemic should be removed from the world. We should find vaccines and all sorts of other mechanisms to take it away. May each and every one of us, wherever we are in the world, be blessed with good health. And those who unfortunately aren't well, they should receive the greatest blessings from God and bring about Rifua Shlema Ukrova an immediate and complete recovery. The world at large, wherever we go, the world needs to be healed. It's a time of great healing. But at the same time, we have to ask ourselves, how can I contribute to all of this? And the interesting thing that each and every one of us actually understands and feels how, as I mentioned earlier, how interconnected we all are. We have to go into the street with a face mask, not to receive, and certainly, God forbid, not to give any of these imperfections to anyone around us and to the world at large. Because look how quickly this pandemic moved around the world. A group of people in one particular place in the world were ill, and suddenly the whole world is crippled by this terrible pandemic. How much more so in the positive sense? If I contribute something which is good, if I contribute something which is powerful, if I contribute something which is beneficial. And this is why when you look through the Parsha, well, both Parshiot this week, when you have time tomorrow, 
davening at home, in the personal shul of your life, in the personal shul of your home. It's important to consider these things and to look into the parsha and say to oneself, what is talking to me? What particular divine spiritual energy do I possess that I'm able to share with the entire world? It's vital. It's important. It's necessary. It's important to somehow be part of the great healing process because we have it within us. Not only can we reconcile the physical and the spiritual, not only can we somehow reconcile the opposites of life, we're able to make a major contribution as well. Each and every one of us, look at the Parsha, try to hear the words that are talking to you, make them real, make them powerful. Good Shabbos.